Welcome to the Dreamer's Way podcast. I'm your host, Ella Ryan. Think of this space as your weekly getaway here to ignite your passion, elevate your mindset, and empower you to design a life that truly reflects your dreams. From life hacks to success stories, mindset shifts to moments of pure motivation, the Dreamer's Way is your ultimate source for crafting a life filled with purpose, passion, and endless possibilities. Whether you're looking for some guidance, here for some inspo, or just looking to learn something new, I hope you find a little piece of you inside each episode. Ready to dive in? Let's go. Hey, dreamers. Welcome back. Today's guest is Edith, also known as Woo Is That Girl. You can find her on all of her social, Instagram and TikTok, YouTube. She is taking the internet by storm. She is the feng shui girl in my mind like i i don't know how i ever learned about feng shui before coming across her teachings and her profile and just the way she delivers the information is so fun and so she's so charismatic so i'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode if you are like me and you just really didn't have much context behind what feng shui actually is and how it can like integrate into our lives this is the episode for you Edith really goes into what it can look like, some fantastic examples and testimonials of work and people that she's worked with before, the principles behind feng shui, and really how energy flows and operates and how we're meant to be living in this place of abundance. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to it and learn some more. Please let me know what you think reach out to myself or Edith. I'm leaving all of her links below. Go give her a follow on every platform. You will not regret it. I have learned so much in this episode. I wish you guys could see my face because my jaw was dropped the majority of the time just in awe at how incredible her teachings are. And I'm really excited for you guys. I'm so happy I get to share this with you. So once again, let me know what you think and I will see you inside the episode. Hi, Edith. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm so happy to have you here today. I have been, so just before we hopped on the episode, I was saying to Edith that I have I have a very basic understanding of Feng Shui. It's something that I'm so curious about. And I know that you guys listening are going to love this just from the little bits that you've shared with me already. I'm really excited to learn from you. I would love it if you could start off by sharing with the audience a little bit about yourself, your personal journey, maybe what initially drew you to Feng Shui, whatever you feel excited to share. Of course, Ella, thank you so much for inviting me here. I think I gave you a small warning that the opening answer will be a little bit shocking, a little dark, but it will lighten up a little bit because it kind of, you know, explain how I got here. So one of the things is that about 12 years ago, anyone who's ever met me know that I'm a very bright, positive person. And my journey with feng shui was I grew I was born in the States and I grew up in Taiwan. And so that's how I learned Mandarin and all that. But after college, I came to the States. Growing up, I had this like American dream. But around about 12 years ago, I was in this weird intersection, which I could not explain. And growing up, I have zero background of what feng shui is. My family doesn't do this. Like none of it. My parents are doctors, Western doctors. They don't talk about this kind of stuff at all. And weirdly, I became extremely suicidal. And I was not going to therapy, whatever, because at that point I was so broke 
and in mm-hmm. such a pickle in my life. And everything was just so tumbling down. Every aspect of my life is so tumbling down to the point where there was not even like a time for me to be like, oh my God, do I go to therapy or not? No, there was no such a thing. It was just like, you got to survive. You do whatever it takes to make it happen. Just like a lot of people, when you're borderline in that putting out the fire mode, you're not thinking mm. like therapy. You're not ta- taxing on your mental capacity more to try to thrive, right? Mm. And that, that intersection was that if I had not got out of it, right, I would have been jobless, moneyless, okay, and homeless at the same time. But moneyless in more of I would owe people a bunch of debt because mm-hmm. I was trying to actually move from an old apartment that has really bad feng shui. And I lived there for four and a half years and I had no idea that it was bad feng shui. And about six months after I started living in this high-end luxury condominium, I started becoming very sick. My lung started, I literally started having bronchitis. But growing up, my family are all doctors. I've never had bronchitis and I've never had perpetual illness to the point where I thought I would hear someone cough and I would literally get bronchitis next day. I was on inhalers. I was on all these kinds of things. And I was like, wow. okay, my immune system was not good. Like, you know how when you go through this kind of stuff, they were like, then you're trying to find a scientific way, you know? Yeah. So you keep going. And then the next thing, I feel like everyone at work, even though I'm trying to do the right thing, but nothing is going my way to the point where my boss gave me a letter literally four days before I signed the mortgage to this house and literally said, if you don't close this much money, you're gone. Okay. And, but because also there's a whole nother story about how I got this place is insane, but literally the lady who I bought this house from, she was a hoarder. She wouldn't sign. So then if all the things didn't happen, I'm homeless, in debt, jobless. And that's how, what got me suicidal. And that point I was in such a place one night I looked at the ceiling. I stopped eating. I stopped, I, I stopped sleeping basically. Cause I was like, how did I get here? What mm-hmm. happened? And so I stared in the ceiling and I thought to myself, I am not dumber than anyone else. I'm not lazy. And I'm not like, you know, what is it that got me here? Mm-hmm. And what am I not thinking correctly? And I got so much anxiety to the point where I was like, you know what? There's nothing you can do. You're not eating. You're not sleeping. Why don't you learn something you didn't learn before? Okay. But I got nothing. I literally, between the only hours I keep my eyes open in the middle of the night, I go, you make yourself use- useful then. Do something. And that's, it was like a dire moment of saying, you know what? If you're going to try to unalive yourself, you should at least find the last stitch to make make your mind not think about that and move on to something else. And mm. so- Kind of in a weird way, I looked up and there's a mirror right next to my bed, not aiming at the bed, but next to it. And there's always a saying growing up in Taiwan saying is you cannot aim the bed, aim the mirror at the bed. And so I asked the question, why can't you aim the mirror at the bed? To YouTube. Literally, that's how I started. I started Googling a bunch of stuff on YouTube and that was the first thing that drew me to feng shui. And they started talking about all these things. And I was looking around my apartment. I was like, half of it of what they said were correct. Meaning if your bedroom, uh, your bathroom door is aiming at the bed, then it will drive you poor health from the humidity. And then if your room, like if your thing, see, it's not a command position, then you got backstabbers, like all these things. 
that half of what it says is true. And I'm looking at my thing. I was like, did I do something? So one thing led to another. I started now that I got nothing else to do, but to be seemingly punished by the reality of the world. At night, I got nothing else to do. As I keep watching all these videos and they're all in Mandarin, by the way. I would just be so fascinated by it. And then for the past 12 years, I've been just practicing and trying out different versions of feng shui because it's a 2000 year old craft that was initially like started in China. But the the interesting part about it, it's back in the days, the media is not, how you connect with knowledge is not very fluid. Everyone write a book, but you don't quite understand what the book is all about because they leave mm -hmm. the words, but they don't leave the real knowledge. Over time, feng shui actually started to become quite lost in translation. Past 12 years, as I'm practicing and learning all styles of feng shui, I realize that some are quite true, but some has gap. And what does that mean when there's gaps? Because as we know, 2000 years ago, the architecture, the environment, technology, everything looks completely different than now. So would it be and could it be that some of these feng shui rules requires an update and a new sort of set of eyes to mm. actually, you know, reimagine like what it should be like. So we shouldn't be living in all this superstition because some of it worked, some of it didn't work. And I use myself, actually, this is the other funny part, is I used myself as the guinea pig of all kinds of feng shui that I ever learned. Meaning I learned one thing and I use it on myself. Does it work? Does it work? And the crazy part about this is I learn all this just so that I am self-defense. Like I'm on a self-defense mode to never, ever get into that part again. So then the, the end of that story is that I moved out of that house and I moved in. Somehow I like made it work to got into my current place. And I kid you not, in less than three weeks, nobody can explain to me why my boss retracted that letter that was trying to get like fire me. Yeah. And the, the, he retracted the letter and I became a top sales in the company shortly after. And people were like, what's your secret? All this time, I wanted to be like, either you want to learn more, like a typical person would be like, what's your sales tactic? One mm -hmm. of my sales is I'm really stubborn. I don't sell anything I don't like, one. But then the other secret is my feng shui is good, okay? I got people thinking about me or calling me whenever I'm not even thinking about them. And that is the magic of feng shui. Oh my gosh, I got goosebumps. No First way. of all, ever heard of somebody retracting a letter is I didn't even know that was a thing that would be the biggest flag for me I'd be like what yeah like in three weeks and like I didn't tell anybody about it and some people were like you should leave etc I was like it's not my time I mean like yeah. I need to do this journey like there is a bunch of situation that happened I'm willing to sleep on the ground I'm like I'm I will plow through this because I'm a hustler but yeah. hustling is not a problem for me. Being smart, street smart is also not a problem for me. I have the guts and I have the will. But what, mm -hmm. is, what is the combination that I was doing wrong? But in my honest opinion, I didn't change at all. In mm. fact, I was in a position that was so dire that I didn't even know. I couldn't tell my mom, by the way. I actually didn't tell my mom for a few years. Because I didn't want her to get a heart attack. I was like, I don't know. I'm about to kill myself. I don't know what's going to happen if I tell you. So that's essentially how it got started. And it's crazy how universe and the 12 years later is, hey, 
use everything you learned and help as many people as you could. And I think that um, is kind of like the full circle, really. And my first viral yeah. video is why Mara cannot face the bed. You tell me if that's a coincidence. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You know what I, oh, <laughs> I just get all goosebumps. I love that you mentioned that you didn't, you didn't change. Like, you, you can be change. doing all these things that you think, quote unquote, are right or move the needle forward or like strong work ethic. I'm doing this, but like. Why am I still not progressing or why is there still something that's like hanging over my head? Because I feel like anybody listening to this has felt that at some point where you're just like, I'm doing all of the things that I'm supposed to, but there's something that's holding me, holding me energetically back. Sure. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest thing that a lot of people, the misconceptions about feng shui, it's people think that, oh, what is that one feng shui thing that's going to solve all problems? The reality right. of it is it's actually more complex than that. But instead, you should be thinking about how can you detect there is a feng shui problem? Mm. Because a lot of people don't know how to, just like if you're sad or if you have other problems or you have an illness, you don't know how to detect it. But at least we got WebMD and other things to like try to diagnose your problem, right? But feng shui, nobody ever talk about how do you diagnose you have a feng shui problem? And mm. I think- biggest thing in my very extreme ex example is that, and then I'll tell you the funny thing is a lot of my clients, they would live in a place for six months and they're already like, I don't know, I'm joking, I can't deal with it. But I, and meanwhile, I tolerated for four and a half years and I was like, mind over matter, mind over yeah. matter. I'm in such a denial. I'm the biggest skeptic of all kinds of things, including feng shui myself. But if I had not fall into a giant ditch, I would have <laughs> never thought that this was even possible because I can't explain. And if anything, I'm a even I'm kind of sassy, you know, if I don't like something, I'm like, no, you can go away. I'm not doing this. To this day, I'm actually a bigger, more sassy or B, as you call it, than before. And then why am I trying to use feng shui to make my pave my way? Because mm. I can be because some people try to if the force is not with you. Some people try to, they tend to settle or they, they, mm. they become a version of themselves that they are not speaking the truth because they're trying to accommodate what's going on. But mm. let's say the force is with you. You don't see people like Elon Musk bowing down to other people to not speak his mind, right? Because he wants how he thinks the way he wants it to be done. And he has the power to do it. And the other thing about it, it with regards to the detection of how you can tell your feng shui is bad is saying that, and a lot of white, like husband or wife, they write me emails and tell me what's going on. And it's, this is a global phenomenon. Okay. If I show people my email, what people write to me around the world, why are they all writing the same things? I see that my husband has 10 opportunity. Every time big things come into him, he never gets it. <laughs> Like they, they have these observations that are actually valid and true. Yeah. What I want people to start feeling is how choked do you feel living in this place in the current mm. setting? How choked are you? On a scale one to 10, right? If there are 10 opportunities, how many do you get? And if you get like one or two, that's bad. Something is bad. And don't expect it's going to get better. So if you realize it, you need to try to address it with feng shui, move some things around and write a diary or something. If you don't know how to make it work, change something. Yeah. We'll change. Okay. 
because, and then that gets more complicated, but if you don't know what's going on, move it around. Okay. Hmm. Sit at a spot that you weren't sitting before. Sleep in a position you weren't sleeping before. Like move it around. Okay. Because whatever it is, it's worse. It's bad. Like 10, one or two out of 10, bad. But let's say you, 10 opportunities, you get four or five. It depends. It depends if your health is not good or other aspects of your life. Because four or five is not bad. But some people accept the fact that four or five is good enough. Right. Mm. That's a situation as well. But it depends on other factor. Are you alone? Are you whatever? Do you wish you can do a little bit better? What are some inklings, right? And then generally the people who are doing like a solid seven and eight, nine, they're not going to be my clients. Every person who wants to feng shui tweak, unless they have been tweaked by me before or they yeah. have experienced the change before, otherwise they're not going to be like, hey, we need help. But most of the people who come to me are usually like in the same position I was in that moment in time. And, if right. I, and it's almost like the universe telling me that if you have not personally felt it before or been there, you would not have been able to realize and sympathize mm. that what they say is true. Yeah. So it's so unfortunate. And I've been in a situation in my life where I've hit like a, not like my version of a very low and that was the time where I seeked a bit of change. So I can see what you mean. Like you're getting more of the one, two, three, four, even five on a scale of one to 10 people because they're, they're, they've exhausted their options or they've, they've been living in that state for so long that it's like, surely there's something that can be tweaked. I find that I can relate to that and I can empathize with that. And I, I can understand why those are the people that tend to come because they're at the point where they're like, okay, well, I've tried everything else. Like I'll go, let's try this now too. For people yeah. that are brand new to the, I just realized if you're brand new to the concept of Feng Shui, do you have a brief like overview or you, you gave a little description of like where it originates, like a brief overview of what it entails and maybe like fundamental principles without getting into like nitty gritty, yeah. like water. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So Feng Shui is a craft that was started probably over 2000 years ago and a lot of people uh know started in China midland China and back in the days it started with various aspects of things and it started with like how people build a house in midland China okay mm -hmm. their house is always built a certain way they have this thing called a dragon door it's the door is always open on the left side and then there's always a wall on the back of the house. It has to do with the seasons, right? It has to do with where the wind is coming from. So in the summer, they leave the door open because there's no AC. So the door is always open on the left side because it allows the wind to come in from that direction. And in the wintertime, the wind comes from the back of the house. So all of the house is built a specific way because they want to preserve the heat and the ventilation properly when there was no technology. And then mm. as it started to develop into like more details, okay? So if you know a little bit about Asian culture, we love food. And the key essence to tasting amazing Chinese food is the wok, how hot the fire is coming from the wok. So if the fire is not hot enough, that means the food is not good, okay? Mm. And back in the days, there was no Uber Eats. There was no outdoor delivery, like none of it, okay? So the harmony comes in from how do you build a fire and where the stoves are placed, 
So mm. if you're building a raw fire and you're cooking and you're building the stove and your stove is built incorrectly, that means the, the fire is always temperamental and it's not hot enough. And when there is no technology, if you think about it, right? So the feng shui logic is saying, if your fire is not hot enough, food tastes bad equals bad. Your mother-in-law's up your butt about stuff. And then your husband's not happy. He doesn't want to come home, may potentially cheat on you. So that's why there was no harmony. Think about it, right? Sequence, because there was no Uber Eat. Think about it. You have to go. Oh my gosh. Right? Is it, doesn't that make logical sense, right? Yeah. So yeah. as time progresses, right? Feng Shui is not just about how you build a house, how you place the items as it evolves over the years and many years after. It becomes astrology meets science. And it mm. talks about two very specific things. One is the visible and one is invisible. And then so, you know, it kind of gets this. This is the part that gets a little bit more complicated. The astrological part has to do with the earth spinning around the orbit around the sun. There are also other planets near us as well. So when these planets like Saturn, Jupiter, at a different distance amongst earth, because they're all rotating at a different speed, right? Some are bigger circles, some are smaller circle. When they're rotating at different speed at a different distance away from Earth, our north, south, east, west actually changes pros and cons. So for example, mm -hmm. in one of the things, uh, episodes I uh, talked about on my channel is called the fire energy. In probably a few weeks, two weeks, we're going to be entering the ninth period of fire energy. And there's a lot of macro things that are changing. The ninth period fire energy is also the Southern energy. South is going to be the most trending. So if you're buying a house, you're whatever, Southern side is actually going to be better compared mm. to others. But there's a lot of other factors that's involved as well. But because of this distance with the other planets, north, south, east, west changes pros and cons on Earth. So our north, south, east, west yeah. that we use on Earth is just for navigation from point A to point B. Walk this place, go drive there. But from a feng shui perspective, it is not just to tell the directions. It's to tell which direction of air is coming in with the stronger prosperity energy. And then mm -hmm. that is exactly how you line up precisely through furniture placements and things to line yourself up to receive with the correct energy. This is the reason why people talk about how feng shui is the art of placement. Correct. Mm -hmm. Because why? We all say you have to be at the right time, right place, and the right environment. Correct. And that's the exact reason why I was talking about how, oh, if you have 10 opportunities, how many do you get? Are you always like one, one situation off than the other? Mm -hmm. Or are you constantly eating crap? So. Yeah. I love that you use, it makes perfect sense in the regards that I think anyone would rather work with the flow than fight against it or be out of its way. Like you mentioned, the force is with you, or I'd rather my day or my life just move. I'm moving with the energy as opposed to standing in its way or something's blocking it for me. So when you paint the picture like that, it very much, it makes sense as to like every little, every detail of your life when placed in the appropriate spot can actually 
create more harmony in your life? And I think that's always a question that I have. And I have this question for you is, I know you mentioned health, like for you, bronchitis, you had physical health problems manifesting. What other, I guess, like how else can feng shui help you as opposed to maybe more financial abundance? Can it help with relationships? Is there a couple of things that it can help with? Yeah, absolutely. So the amazing part about feng shui, at least through my personal experience and a lot of my clients, which I will share a little bit more details about them, but essentially feng shui promised three things by the correct tweak. It will improve health, wealth, and harmony. Okay. And I can talk about some of those symptoms in combination so then people can assess it on their own. But health, wealth, and harmony, how does that work? You don't want to be the person who makes a lot of money and you pay all your money to medical bills. That is not mm -hmm. keeping money because remember, my bronchitis is bankrupting me and my work, my mental distress, I'm just constantly not closing a deal and people are like, oh, she sucks. Da -da -da. So I'm not making the money. So money is coming in slow, but I'm also getting sick. That is a huge like feng shui red flags already, like immediately, okay? And so what that does is saying when you don't sleep well, you're in mental distress, your health is deteriorating, you can't react because you're in panic mode. So that mm. doesn't bring you harmony because you probably treat all the people around you like crap. You're like, I can't handle you. You very short tempered, right? Or be like, well, how come I work harder than that person and that person always gets something and I don't. So you feel that imbalance of something. And I feel like the mankind, we can be kind when we have more than enough that we can share, right? And so if we don't have the mental capacity, we're easily like snap in our head. We can't help others because we're like, we're choking ourselves. I just yeah. can't but just be a sour person. Yeah. But when we feel abundant, happy, and relaxed, then we are like, who needs help? Let me figure out. Oh, and we have time to listen. We listen to mm. what? Opportunities. You make what? Good impressions. Then you start to collect these good impressions, ideas. People said, oh, I love it when Ella tells me blah, blah, blah. Let me introduce this person to her, right? It's mm. all about, and so it creates in that reality, it, you carry on that air energy with you. And we, I see that a lot with a lot of the clients that I have tweaked, like Sometimes when they came to me, depending on how good or bad their feng shui is, like sometimes their email could seems a little, some, most of them sound distressed. Some of them mm. sound um, a little snappy. They're like, like, if that you can do that, then that would make you blah, blah, blah. Sometimes, yeah. But the thing is, and, and I may even talk about sort of the, like the dumb, what is it called? The, the dumb version way of feng shui, if people can't afford it or don't know what to do about it. Okay. Is that. If you believe in the law of attraction, right? Mm. You are that kind of person. Of course, you're going to attract a bunch of sour grapes. But then if you become like the strong force, right? All the people around you are going to be, and you will even be able to tell who's a sour grape. That's one aspect of things. So that's why sometimes I even tell people, oh, if you like, just feel like you're so poor, you don't know what to do about function or whatever. Okay, go find a friend who you think is like doing well and like mm. quite awkward. bring them to your house or tell them to help go house picking for you and listen to what they say. Even though you might not want to listen to them whatsoever, however, their sense 
and their energy is stronger than you. They will be able to tell if something is fishy or what's good, what's bad. Even the places they sit are different. People mm. who do well sit in a different spot. Like I can see them on the charts. I'd be like, yeah, you sit here. He's like, yeah, I always sit here. I'm like, your husband is doing not good, right? He's like, yeah, he never gets oh. any. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like on the thing. I like literally detail it person by person. But that only makes sense if you understand the law of attraction is truly also reflective on the feng shui charts as well. Oh, my gosh. I You're mentioning some like feelings of distressed. How can somebody differentiate between being in a tough place in your life, because we've all absolutely been there. And like, is it become feng shui, like a feng shui, something you can adjust when it's prolonged? Do you know what I mean? If you have a day where you're, or a week where you're having a bad week because things just aren't clicking, is mm -hmm. that something that you should look into with feng shui? Or is it more like for you, it was several years or some of your clients, it's been more of like a long-term reoccurring issue. You mean for them to realize that there is a problem? Yeah. Would you so, say, come back to me if this problem is like still happening in two months? What's too early to, to I don't want to say blame on feng shui, but to be like, <laughs> okay, I need to change something. Right. I think there is no such thing as too early. And I do want to say, because majority of my clients are female, I do have to say a lot of women have very good intuition. There are no wrong answers. So mm. I would say that I'll explain the difference. I have a client who came to me and says, oh, the feng shui doesn't work. I'm like, explain how so. And mm -hmm. mentioned to me that, that her daughter doesn't sleep. So first she tweaked, she moved the bed to the wrong place. And she's like, it's bad. Then I looked, I said, okay, no, you, you put it in the wrong place. I didn't put this marker, put it here. Then the difference is, this is like a two-year-old. The difference is if let's say your kid does not sleep through the night, and they wake up, they tell you things. Kids don't lie, most majority of the part. If they tell their parents they see things or see a shadow, let's say a dark shadow, something is talking to them or they're dreaming a lot and they cannot sleep through the night or they're afraid of sleeping. That is a very distinctive sign of feng shui problem. Guaranteed. Okay. And that can be addressed. It means the bed is placed in the wrong place. If your child doesn't go to sleep at 10, or 11, because they have too much energy and they couldn't run out. Feng Shui doesn't possess your kid to make it, make them sleepy by eight o'clock. No. And you can ask all the moms out there, like, I'm trying to get my kids to go to sleep, but <laughs> I can't. Can somebody make them go run and run or something? But here's the crazy part is the difference is if they don't go to sleep on time, that's on you. But right. you, if they wake up three, to, like three in a row consecutively to the point you don't even get sleep and or they cry in the middle of the night nowhere yeah that's, that's a feng shui problem so that's okay. one aspect the other aspect about it is there are some combinations of feng shui that's a guarantee so meaning if you uh, get bullied and, and it has to do with place too so it's like you move a place and you live in the place and you experience a repeated pattern of something it's mm -hmm. a repeated pattern and let's say you didn't have that and then you have it Though that's guaranteed like a feng shui problem. You never had that problem. Now you have it. The other part is you have a little bit of it and then it got way worse after you move into a place. That's also mm. a feng shui problem. So for example, if you have stomach problem, most likely you are stressed and you have skin problem. So those two things always work together. 
And it's mm-hmm. like, you go to the doctor, they can't even find out what was wrong. They probably give you like a few tums or something. And you're like, oh, but it hurts all the time. Or I have diarrhea all the time. That is like always happens. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a kid who has, who's like easily triggered. Actually, this doesn't happen to just kids. It happened to adults too. If you feel like you cannot control your emotions and you're easily triggered and you constantly mm-hmm. into fights with other people, that is also a sign of bad feng shui. And usually the easily triggered is a combination with hand and feet problems. Like they're usually they like usually their hands are always injured or they get into like accidents or they like injure their legs. Like these two are always together. Because that's so part of the problem. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so fascinating. And I love seeing how it all connects. As you're talking, is there like a misconception that comes to your mind that people have or that you find people come to you with the majority of the time that you're like, that's just not feng shui? I don't know where you got that from. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest thing is because there are many things that can get lost in translation when it comes to ancient version of what feng shui is and then how it gets translated into the Western world. A lot of the names sounds quite in, intense. For example, I get so many people say, can you please talk about coffin positions? Coffin oh, wow. position is when you sleep right in front of a door. But in reality, no. Like that is not something to be afraid of, honestly. The thing about it is there are plenty of people in this world who sleep in in front of a door and they're fine. But you have to differentiate the energy coming from the door. Is it good or bad? If it's Mm -hmm. good, good energy, then you can embrace it. No problem. But if it's bad energy, then you will, you won't miss it. Something will happen in those very combination I was telling you about. So those are the things that like 80% of the time it stands true. If you have, and sometimes it doesn't happen immediately. It's not like, oh, it's a cliff. No, you have to at least collect around three to six months of you living in a space to tell you, does this house give you good luck? Yeah. Is there any truth to numbers? Like numbers of houses? Is there any truth to that of like good numbers or bad numbers? No. Yeah. And a lot of people said, my gua is this. And no, don't worry about your gua. Worry about which direction is coming <laughs> at. Because I believe in the idea. I was stuck with that idea as well before. But I was like, but if feng shui is good and energy doesn't discriminate, then anyone who live there should be good. So what I actually also advise people to do is if you can, and if you have the opportunity to, if it's not a new build or whatever, Ask what happened to the people who lived there before. Because there are certain situations where, let's say somebody is moving out of the house and they got rich. Why is it that somebody wants Jeff Bezos' old house or Steve Jobs' first house or whose first house, right? Because they're like, oh, they got rich there. They got, okay, so then from a feng shui perspective, then you better sleep and place all the furniture exactly how they did it before. Mm. That's, then you have a higher probability to activate what they had. Right. Yeah, because every placement is going to make a difference at that point. Correct. But then same thing with stores or anything. You can ask because stores is more visible because we walk on the streets and we always see things, right? So a household, it's hard to tell if if the people are happy or not happy inside. It's very hard to tell. But that doesn't mean if 
bad things happen there, it's helpless. It could have mm. the potential. It's just that their destiny or their bad juju is making them place everything in the wrong places and everything. For example, I live in this house. It's giving me insane good luck, but the previous person is a hoarder. So that doesn't bring any good luck, right? But so the flow is bad. But when you're walking down on the street, you can see like there are some households or essentially like stores, shops, they never survive. And you always wonder, mm. what, oh, they just open this and then they shut down and then open, uh, shut oh, down. Gosh. That is a repeated energy. And that's how yeah. it's like, you can also tell that feng shui is wrong because something is off. Every person opens, every person closes. Oh my gosh. And I think everyone has seen a business like that. I can think of three off the top of my head that there's just constant turnover and you're thinking like, oh, that's too bad. They just opened or it's a cursed spot. Like people are like, you can't go in there because every business that tries to thrive, something just. Yeah. Yeah. I love your videos. You share a lot of those videos on your social of businesses and their placements. And then more or less the abundance that they might be attracting. I find that so fascinating. And it's good to know that no matter what stage or your accessibility is, there's something you can do. I really like the tip of if something, just move your furniture. I've always been that type of person that if I just feel like, and I used to do this when I was a kid, I would move my room around all the time. I would just go through periods of this needs to be over here now and this needs to be over here. But that's accessible to you. It doesn't have to be like, you have to go build a house from the ground up now and we're going to tell you where to put everything. There's yeah. ways to incorporate it into your life like now. Yeah. And the people who need the more specific help, right? When they come to me, then it's not, it's more like definitive. So for people yeah. who don't know they're dabbling and they want to, you know, fact check me on my testimonials, what I would ask them to do would be like, hey, you could do an A-B testing. You just move to a spot and you live there for a month or so. Usually... A yeah. month, an indicator, we'll see, right? And as you do a one month and you start journaling there and just be like, how do you feel? But usually mm. it takes longer to really settle with all the stuff. But you can use an indicator of, did you get luckier or did you get not as lucky when you move that spot, right? And so that's a one way to scientifically test whether or not I'm correct or not. But the other way is if you do the consultation, then very definitively, I would tell you each particular home, because all homes are built different, there's very hard to tell people, okay, this is the only spot everybody have to move to, but everyone's house look different. Right. A lot of times what I think people get stuck on is when they read a book about feng shui and they tell you, you must do this. Then they look at the house and oh, my house does not look like this. Right. How do I execute it like that? And especially with modern architecture, people love windows everywhere. And feng shui, we like windows, but we don't like windows that much because humans actually like to sleep in more of a secluded because there are a lot of Instagram posts and things. They make you feel like you should sleep in front of the window. That's yeah. not good because the wind or the noise behind the window is going to cause your mental, like a little mental distress because mm. when you're sleeping, your subconscious actually is listening. So if you have too much noise behind you, it actually affects your sleep. Mm. And that's the other thing I think you might have a question come up later, but essentially I see a lot of people in my consultation, they don't have a headboard. Like they have huh. a, bed, a mattress, no headboard. 
So like a headboard is another way to protect your head and your thoughts when you're sleeping. And that's a real feng shui like tip that everyone can execute. So don't cheap out on the headboard situation because if let's say the wall behind you is thin and you can hear things and whatnot, you don't want wind. You always want to protect your head because that's how you protect your thoughts. And so mm. that's why feng shui, they don't really like those like metal, metal beds. Uh, one way of people saying it is that they think yeah. that it jail cell. Yeah, it looks like you feel like you're in jail. Yeah. Or the other aspect about it is because if the whole bed frame is metal, then the headboard part is see-through. It doesn't protect your head. Right. It's not actually there. It's just a, yeah. It's just a frame. So that's the reason why I wouldn't take everything like to the extreme, but use mm. logic to be like, well, why would I need a headboard? Yes, because I want to have a better sleep. I have to, I want to be in a command position, which a lot of people heard about in the feng shui world. That is, you want to be able to see where the traffic is coming from. So if you're constantly having your back open to other people, you're inviting mm. other backstabbers. So mm. even survey the people out there to be like, do you sit with your back open or you sit with your like back in front of a wall? There are 50, I wouldn't say 50-50, but some people are adamant that their back should be open. And some people are like, oh, I don't care. It's a seat. It's a seat. Mm, no, because the, usually those people are like the one with backstabbers and they're like, oh, that is such thing is life. <laughs> That's actually one of the first things that I, I learned about feng shui and that I adapted to my life immediately because it just made sense. Like logically and intuitively, I was like, why if you put my desk, so I have my back to a wall right now, but it's I much. have in the past put myself facing a wall with my back to the space. And it's whether or not I was practicing any sort of doing it correctly. It was, it just made me feel anxious because now people are behind me. I can't see people coming in. I can't see people walking around or walking up to me or startling me, but it, that makes sense. The same way having the headboard and protecting your thoughts, like it, it seems very like once you start clicking in little pieces, it seems very, it could be very naturally like an intuitive process. With that, I will tell you a, a hot tip. I'm debunking all the world of feng shui myth out there. So there's a lot of people says, oh, everybody have to sit in front of the command position. Correct. But there's a differentiation. Usually for kids, you want to put them facing a wall, not command mm. position. But Adults should be in, working adults should be in command position. And the reason for that is if kids are in the command position, they're looking out, they yeah. cannot focus on studying because they are in control. And they're like, oh, I'm playing game. I'm not even studying. Who, who, who are you to tell me what to do, basically? <laughs> but if you put them in a more vulnerable position, they're going to be like, oh my God, let's get this done quicker so that I can go to play. So the kids is actually the reverse psychology, whereas adults, you want to be able to sit in a position where you have power and control. So if somebody is, even if we're talking right now, right, I have a solid and you have a solid. That means we don't have during COVID, there was like all these like reporters. They have all yeah. these like, oh my gosh, wish. yeah, <laughs> like their kids coming behind them or their mistress coming behind. That is not command position. You are right? Think about it. Yeah, gosh, I just those videos made me laugh. Like you're just, I'm stressed watching it. I'm like, of course that would happen. 
What did you think? You had your door and your child that was told not to go in. Of course they were going to go. And it's always those kind of people like in those kind of seating and you're wondering what's behind them. But if you yeah. have a wall, nobody is looking what's behind you. They're just like, yeah. well, it's a wall. There's nothing to look at. Correct. But you keep that it open. So true. Oh my God, whatever you said, no one's listening. Mm. I do that. If, if I'm on a call with somebody and they've got like everything going on in the background, I catch myself like, what book is that? Or what, what are they cooking? It's like, it's, yeah, of course it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I just, I think it's, it's interesting now. And I'm really curious to see how people are receiving this information right now as they're listening. But I, as you're going through, I'm like picking at things that are in my space currently. And I've been in my home in this space for six years. And I feel, I would say I'm above a five for sure, but there's definitely little things that I'm very much aware of now. Do you mind sharing, before we hopped on the call, you were sharing a little testimonial with people you were working with or types of adjustments you've made with clients that you've worked with. Do you mind sharing a couple of those and how it's impacted or changed or tweaked their life in any way? Yeah. So one of the things that I haven't had much of a chance to talk about is the energy part, the invisible part. The part, the invisible part is a lot more complex. That's the astrological part areas and things like that. But the, the way I mentioned about how you detect those things is yeah. those combinations, right? But usually I have families coming to me and I start to try to post some of the testimonials and actual real life screenshots from these people on my Instagram post and just show this is how feng shui can truly transform people's life from health and wealth and harmony perspective, right? And mm -hmm. including pets, actually. So some pets, yeah, some pets are dumb pets and some are like super smart prosperity pets. It's nuts, right? Like they can sense it. Sometimes cats knows what's going on too. Because you know, a lot of my clients are all coming to me because their life is in the one and two, sometimes three, right? So we see a lot of people, let's say, have no harmony. So everyone in the family is fighting or there's constantly an emergency. In those combination, one of the couple came to me, she's from Hong Kong. Her and her husband's married for 10 years, three kids, the first daughter is getting bullied in school. Second kid is has some behavioral problem. And then the third kid is just like a little malnourished. Okay. And then Hong Kong gives me a little shivers because their space is so tight. And I'm like, what if I can't do anything? Yeah. But, and the thing is the husband and wife was like fighting and then mother-in-law wants to. And uh, so there was a whole situation and everyone needs to go to therapy. And then the life is like, li life is dragging. And so about probably 48 hours after my tweak, which I was like, ah, oh, please don't put me on a 48 hour pedestal. She contacted me and let me know that her mother-in-law was in town and everything was okay. But here's the thing. She didn't tell her husband because my tweaks are invisible. She just moved some things around. She moved the bed. She turned the bed 90 degree to another side. Wow. Husband doesn't even know it, it, it happened. She just, oh, it's different. <laughs> different. That's a no. And so apparently the first two nights he didn't sleep well because he, sometimes we are so used to a certain energy. For sure. He, the new one comes in, you know, how sometimes when you go to a new hotel, you sleep on the bed the first night, you're just like looking around, what's this? Like that. So sometimes there is a ramp up. Like period. an integration period. Correct. Yeah. You'll be like accepting of this new thing, right? So usually it takes about a week or so, but within 48 hours, she's like, mother-in-law was in town. We didn't fight. It was great. 
Three weeks later, she tells me the kid that was supposed to go to therapy for a behavioral problem is his is her calmest kid. And she has three kids. And then she says the kids are very manageable. What kind of family will, with three kids would ever say that kids are manageable? Yeah. And that's the magic of feng shui. And then the daughter who was being bullied found friends in school. Oh. And now their therapy bills and sessions have decreased because she even texted me. She's probably going to yell at me after I share this story. She's like, her and her husband hug each other to go to bed like teenagers. And she's like, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen because we've been married for 10 years. I'm like, I know, I understand. <laughs> I didn't expect the result to be this good. But like, that's one aspect. Wow. Right? But then the other aspect, I've seen another spectrum, remember, law of attraction, where they get tweaked. But one of the person in the relationship is not supposed to receive that energy. So what happens? They eject. So they will break up quite quickly and or that person will just be gone quickly uh. because they're not used to prosperity. As insane as it sounds, not everyone is used to prosperity because sometimes wow. I, I have had feedback where somebody who didn't know I gave them a dragon seat. They sit down. They said they are too tired and they resigned because it's too much work. It means they don't want to work. Wow. Even opportunity was given in front of them. Mm. I guess at the end of the day, it's still free will, right? Like you're deciding a lot of this, whether or not we're aware of it or not, but you can get 10 opportunities, but whether or not you want to see it as an opportunity or accept it is correct. But the, right? good, the beauty of feng shui is they give you the cards so you can decide if you can play. But the problem mm. is when you have bad feng shui, you don't even get ha have cards to play. And that's yeah. the part i want to play but i got no cards but another aspect that i tell a lot of my client is that it does not mean you have good feng shui and then you will go parabolic and never come down no because the energy is the, the real true terminology is called synchronicity and synchronicity is if something goes up you want to follow that that trend, trend. Okay, and you are following the line very closely. That's synchronicity. If the synchronicity goes down, you want to go down with it too. But you shouldn't be on the other spectrum of down, meaning you are still like dreaming the opposite of what reality really is. So you will be making the wrong bets, right? So right. what's happening is if you think about our emotions and thoughts like an elastic band, feng shui is saying that when it's good, you know what to do. When it's bad, you can bounce back quicker. You don't snap because you ran out of hands. Or sometimes people are like, well, I gamble big, like with life, not like actual gambling, but with life, right? And they make one mistake and then another mistake. And they're like, well, it's too big to fail now. The idea is you need to know when to stop. People don't. So then they think, oh, I'm invincible. So I can do whatever I want. And feng shui means I will go parabolic and nothing bad happens. No, it means something bad happens. You will try to learn your lesson but you can try to bounce back faster and navigate better. And I guess that's the harmony in the feng shui, right? It's that it's not going to always be here or down here. It's that you know how to navigate the, the journey better. And it's fluid. I love that word. I always resonate with the word harmony and, and flow because it doesn't, it acknowledges that there's always going to be two points of the journey. It's not going to be like perfect every day, but you have 
the tools to help you ride the wave in, a, in the most comfortable way possible while receiving and receiving offers and opportunities. And yeah, Correct. that's so fascinating. And I have even people coming to me and this is the part I'm thankful that I have this opportunity to witness it myself because I get quite nervous when it talk about psychological aspects because you don't know how long they have had this problem. Right. Aspect of it. And so for me, I was, you know, in the beginning of this whole thing, I talked about how I had that really dark moment. I'm mm. not a suicidal person, period. And why would I even get to that part, right? And mm. I'm like, don't do it, right? But some people just think positive. Yeah, but yeah, you can't, okay? Yeah. But then there's the other aspect of it is some people, they just accept that they have these depressive thoughts. But mm. here's the thing, feng shui can change that and improve that. But because it's more complex and it's a slower, usually I've seen the improvement and depending on how long they've lived, there's a difference between you're a child versus an adult and what happened in your previous journey, like your destiny thus far on this life, right? But the aspect about it is I have a client who texted me and said she went from being suicidal 24-7 and to the point that doctor is going to just prescribe them antidepressant just to save a life kind of a situation, right? Wow. But after the tweak, it took her about three to four months to basically said, I don't think about that kind of unaliving herself on a daily minute by minute basis. But instead, she thinks about it half an hour at a time, mm. not every, half an hour, but once per day, maybe. And she'll yeah. be like, oh, it will go away. But that's a huge improvement within three <clears throat> months, right? To have go your way. Or the reading could be, this house doesn't have the strongest energy you want to be able, like, it will give you ideas on what to look for, for yeah. place, essentially. But it will give you sort of like a step-by-step -step plan to be like, how do you get out of this ditch? And usually there's always a way. I would say 90%, 80-90% of the time, all the homes can be tweaked by moving the furniture around with existing stuff that they have. But there are some 10 to 5% of the time, the entire house is built wrong. Whereas like you can't, you have to sleep in the guest room or you have to just yeah. do some extreme things to get out of that ditch. But it's interesting because even some developers are reaching out to me, except I don't think they know what they're getting themselves into. So I'm like, you get tweaked first before you hire me because otherwise you won't see the value in what I do. But right. the difference is that if let's say, because there are some people on my comment section asking, why don't architects learn feng shui before they build a home? Oh, that's a good question. Right? But it's not a standardized information. Just right. like a lot of people ask me, how come, what will they say? They'll say, how, where should I learn everything about feng shui? But mm -hmm. the problem is there is gaps in all the content. I would say Google or ask, I don't know, ChatGPT. ChatGPT has a lot of flawed information, but at least learn the basics of you yeah. know, what feng shui is. But don't follow the superstitious part too much because I feel like if it sounds a little weird, then maybe it's not. If it tells you to do something weird, I wouldn't follow it. It's not normal, not right. the way of how things should progress. But feng shui should be just natural. You don't see Elon Musk's house or Steve Jobs' house with like all these Asian feng shui decorations. They may have some aspects of representation, but not to the T. Right. Why do they still do so well then? Right. right. 
But then there's other aspects of it is, well, why is why is Steve Jobs doing really well, but also his health is not good. That's a whole, mm. other, a whole other topic, but yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my wheels are spinning. I have so many things that I want to say. I love <laughs> that you, I think sp- very specific to you, I love the way you teach feng shui in the manner that even you just saying now that 90% of the time it's a tweak and there's something that can be done because I think we do have that mindset. I know I've been guilty of having that mindset that there's only like knocking down the whole thing and building up a brand new structure. And then I will live in a in, in proper flow as opposed to knowing that there are small adjustments you can make. Like you even mentioned the family switching the bed placement and a couple little tweaks. I think it, people feel better knowing that there's something that can be done right there in that moment. And I have to say, I love I think it's so incredible that your journey, your unique journey has brought you full circle to helping people in that space and feeling in that. I love that you use the number analogy in the one twos because you you've been there and you're able to tell them that there's I'm not it's not going to be like overnight. Everything's better, but let's try these tweaks. And because it seem it's so seemingly simple to make those small adjustments, it help, it's going to help so many people in the long run. I think that's like incredible. I always love when people's stories take a full circle moment and they come back to helping a past version of themselves with something that truly helped them so much. I think that's where the power comes from. Yeah, no, absolutely. For sure. And the thing is, if I had not been through it, then I would want, be one of those Karens on the internet. I like, just think positive. Don't worry about it. Go shopping. <laughs> But I couldn't explain oh. it, but I do. I, one thing I would probably add is with the tweaking is that a lot of us have built in intuitions that we mm. have suppressed. And from a lot of my clients' words, what they tell me is that even before they move, make the move, they move the furniture around, one key indicator that you can tell it's a better position is when you sleep. Do you sleep better in the spot or not? A lot of people have poor sleep, but then it takes a little time for you to detect because some people are very sensitive and immediately they can tell if it's a better spot or a worse spot. Like Mm. I literally have one guy who emailed me and he's like playing detective and he's like, I need your help. He's I moved my bed A and then this happened. Then I moved B and it's, but it's not quite. But see, these are people who are just testing out the spots by sleeping in it. Right. A feng shui master usually be like, well, that's dangerous true it is true if you don't know what you're doing maybe it's kind of quite great but on the other hand for the skeptics out there feel free to write a diary and start sleeping in different places and you tell me if i'm right yeah that was so fascinating i don't know if i'm willing to do that i've got a pretty good sleep pattern right now that i always feel so bad mentioning because you're right so many people struggle with sleep that's a real thing and i take my hat off because if i don't get a good night's sleep you're getting a different person. Like I, I can't do that. So from the thought of moving my bed around to, to test is like, no. that's a gamble. That's a gamble. Yeah. And the thing is, if you are like a different person, what happens to harmony? What happens right. to health? So that is those three things is what feng shui can promise. And the thing is that it's an improvement from what you currently have based on the space you have. But it is definitive because if we have mental breakdowns, like why do parents all have mental breakdowns? Because they're like, my kids keep me up all night or they are just constantly challenging my mental capacity. 
But the harmony comes in if your kids are sleeping through, they're healthy, they're good, they don't have any crazy fire drills that you have to deal with, then automatically more money, more harmony and more happiness. Mm. Oh my gosh. I wish that for everybody. I really do. I can't wait to start implementing some of these things. I would love it if you could share where people can learn from you or connect with you in whatever capacity. If they're listening to this episode and they're like, I want to know more. I've just heard everything and it sounds incredible. Where can they find you? So for now, because I'm literally just starting all of this <laughs> like a year and a half ago, they can find me through Instagram at who is that girl. Same thing for TikTok or YouTube. I check the messages there quite frequently. And if they need consultation, they can feel free to email me at girl at gmail.com. And then I'm going to be building out a lot more information as I go so I can really implement and educate people about how to self-detect, how to improve their daily feng shui through different layers of things. So they don't think of it as like one dimension as opposed to multi-layered. So hopefully that will give people a more holistic point of view. And then of course, there's going to be a book that I'm trying to write that explain to people how to pick a house, what are the different severity? So they don't treat all feng shui symptoms equally the same. And I think that is right. what the channel is looking to convey at the moment. And then I'm self-funded as well. So I currently don't accept any advertisement. So that's another thing. I'm like, I am banking 100% on my good feng shui. Like that's how yeah. like, insane I am. Yeah. But, but at the same time, a lot of influencers are like, oh, let's take that. No, I don't derail. I'm just going to just help as many people as I could for now. And then these are the channels they can reach me. But down the line, the website is also going to be called Woo Is That Girl. So it's wuisthatgirl.com. So all of that is going to be pretty seamless down the line. But please give me a little time to work on it, guys. But just, but your mission is right there. And like, I love that you are so transparent in what you're like sharing on your socials and that that's your main priority. You can just feel that's your, you're here to like educate and teach. And like, you have such a no, a zero bullshit approach, which I love. And that's what drew me towards you. Like, no guys, this is it. Or this is, look at this comment. Like, I'm just going to debunk that right now because we don't have time for that. We need to focus on the things that are going to bring prosperity and move the needle forward. So I'm really excited for people to follow you and I'm going to continue following you. I actually, I wanted to mention when you were talking about your YouTube video, your most recent one about moving into fire. I watched that video oh, and I was that. like, oh my God. Yeah. That's a and good one. You brought it, it up now? Really good. Yeah. And I was just like, wait, what? Like yeah. I've always been into astrology. I'm very... Like I, I mentioned earlier, anything energy focused or where energy is the driving factor, I have, you've got my attention. I've never heard of it in that capacity. So when you mentioned North, East, South, West, and then every, everything in between or looking at it in terms of seasons, like what energy is coming in, my mind was like, because I've ha always had one idea of what fire represents, what air represents, what water represents. But yeah, for anyone that, any go look at all of her channels you're gonna learn so much like I was yeah I had like my pen and paper out I'm like I try to make sense of it I'm like wait what? But the, thing, the thing is a lot like coming in like super hot 
right? With the fire energy in 2024, literally we are 11, I don't know, 58 right now or 59, right? Like at the time I posted it, I intended to post it way before it happened because I don't want people to be like, oh, well, she's just calling it after the fact. No, because fire, fire is not going to discriminate, right? And immediately after the new year turned, we see so many fiery things happening, like the conflict in Middle East, like the lawsuit with Jeffrey Epstein and or what happened to Japan and people's emotional, uh, psychological things not doing so hot and mass layoffs. And there's going to be a bubble burst in the real estate, right? And then all these things are more dis- detailed in the actual video itself, but it talks about why it happens. And then every day I open the like news and look at the thing. I'm like, see, see, it happened. Because these things are, it, it cannot be contained, especially when we have been in the earth period for so long. Everything mm. is kind of stable. But when things are good, people start to get a little lazy, a little complicit, and then comfortable, and then a little corrupting there and there, right? And then they'll, you help me, I help you. But then when the bubble becomes unattainable it will burst and because they meet this fire energy which is when energy goes horizontal that means all the big powerful people they're up for judgment in the public eye and so anyone's opinion goes because it was not controlled by the centralized media anymore Now through a podcast they've been listening to, uh, videos they've watched, there's not just three channels anymore. And channels now everywhere, it's wherever your eyeball wants to go, whatever what ideas you want to have, you know. So information becomes much harder to control. So there's Mm. definitely beauty of it and then the ugly side of it. Of course. The macro, where it goes, is up to the people. I think humanity needs to come through and figure out as collective which way we're going to go if the tide is changing then we have to change it to another way to adopt what's coming otherwise we're all going to be choking people are like oh i'm still doing email marketing or or i'm still doing like magazine well magazine is not going to really survive it's so wild even just watching your video it actually it overlaps so much with i'm many modalities like it's like it everyone's saying like this is this is what's coming this is the the natural flow and this is and it makes perfect sense i love the analogy you used of the earth energy very stable very comfortable then you start dabbling in this and this but it's at one point can it contain itself before it just correct and then it becomes a different dynamic thank you so much for all of this i'm not gonna lie i'm definitely gonna be watching every video obsessively now for the next couple days trying to like suss out my space thank you for sharing everything and your experience i really appreciate you sharing that story i'm really happy that it brought you here i think that's that's really cool and i'm excited to see what you do and where you end up where you end up now thank you so much for finding my content and inviting me on the channel so i can have a little bit more time than a minute to talk to your audience and maybe my potential audience who has been watching me already so I can't wait. And I know our path crossed right now, but hey, we'll cross again. Absolutely, we will. Thank you. See you next Thank time. You. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Dreamers Way podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please consider supporting the show by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. 
Your feedback truly means the world to us and it helps others discover the podcast too. Thanks again for tuning in. Your support keeps us going and we can't wait to have you back for more. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep on dreaming.